Welcome to the Sisters on the Front Lines podcast, where we unite with Christ to combat the shame surrounding young women struggling with pornography and share our stories and insights to gather more tools and weapons to fortify our stance on the front lines in the war against pornography. Welcome. I am so excited for this episode. Today, I am joined with one of my good lifelong friends. Her name is Savannah, and we've been friends. How long? It's been long. Since middle school. Middle school, yeah. I don't know. We've seen each other in the worst of times, aka middle (laughs) school. But yeah, I love Savannah, and I'm so happy that she's joining me to share her story and you really should be excited. She's so fun, funny, and just has a great light about her. So this is going to be a good one. So Savannah, I just want you to kind of introduce yourself, your family, hobbies, whatever else you want to you wanna say. Okay. Hi, I'm Savannah. I'm 19. I'm currently going to USU. I'm majoring in HDFS with the hopes of becoming an occupational therapist. I really don't have a lot of hobbies. It, unless you count hanging out with friends as a hobby. I'm a boring person, but that's okay. That's a um, lie. Oh, no. I think you need to give yourself more credit, but okay. Okay, yeah. I like to read books. Books are there good. You go. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I grew up with my brother, my mom, and my dad. Logan, my brother just got married. I like his wife a lot more than I like him. I don't know. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Okay, well, yeah, Savannah is awesome. She's just, she's super, she loves Jesus, and I love Jesus, and so it works out. Um, Bro's a homie. A bro is a homie. <laughs> so, okay, so I actually want to start this off a little bit differently. I'm not going to just off the bat ask Savannah about her story because I want to talk about a phone call that we had last night because we had been talking about I had been talking about, like, having her on this for a while, and I finally was like, okay, like, I feel ready now. Like, I've got all the technical issues worked out. Are you ready to come on? So, I guess, Savannah, like, what what were your feelings about that, and what happened after that? Okay, so, like, you first texted me, and you're like, hey, would you actually want to be on the podcast? And I panicked a little bit, and basically, my thoughts were just, like, my story isn't as good as everyone else is I'm not as progressed as other people I feel like I have no right to share any advice I guess that's fair that's fair and I like I basically told her I was like well actually do you want to go through like I'm curious to what like you remember or like what you felt from what what we talked about from the phone call yeah okay okay well basically we kind of talked about how like satan is so smart dude has like a phd in being awful but he a lot of these things like ever since we started talking about the podcast i can see him working harder in my life in just the little things and i feel like this is just another example of him working harder i don't know yeah it's so true it's so true and it's because he knows like what goodness is about to come out of this because not only I mean I just I'm totally speaking from experience but like 
once you get get that out of the gate and you tell your story for the first time, it's just like, wow, so many doors being opened. And so anyway, I just I'm so happy that you made it here. And I'm so happy that we are about to kick Satan's butt. I'm happy to be here. <laughs> so let's let's get into it. And I kind of want to do more of a discussion. And so I guess just start off with your story and then we can like bounce off questions along the way. Okay, so I started viewing pornography when I was about 13, and I still fight with it now. I fight with it more in the sense of how to not view it rather than finding ways to view it. Mm -hmm. So it's a different fight. It's a better Mm -hmm. fight, I guess. And then I talked to my bishop around the age of 14 or 15, and it wasn't a good or bad experience. So Hmm. I don't do with that information what you will. It was just, it was mid. (laughs) I'm curious, why was it, why wasn't it a good or bad, like, walk me through, like, when you first decided to go, like, what made you first decide to go see the bishop, and then what was that experience like, talking to him? Okay, so this is actually such, like, a vivid memory for me, Okay, is I was sitting in a seminary class, we were talking about the atonement and that whole process. And he's like, I just, I feel like there are some of you in here that need to confess to the bishop. And like, if you're not ready, that's okay. But I really, I want to give you the the challenge of talking to your bishop. And then he told us some of his experiences from when he was in the bishopric. And people, like, the second they leave his office after talking to him, they just get an overwhelming, or he gets an overwhelming sense of like, oh my gosh, I have nothing but love for that person for coming to me. Like, they're amazing. And then I was talking to someone else, and they had the overwhel- overwhelming feeling of just, like, you are forgiven, like, so strong. And I wanted nothing more in my life to feel that. So. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so then was it, like, that same day that you were like, hey, Bishop, like, we need to meet? Absolutely not. <laughs> no. I <laughs> so then am what was a the- chicken. whatever they they actually you know how you have just like a birthday interview or whatever yeah hey you just turned 14 like come in and chat with us yeah so I went in for that and it was like all fine and dandy and then I just started bawling and I was like Bishop I really need to talk to you and he's like oh okay and he slid me the box of tissues and I kind of like explained it to him like my whole issues and then he wasn't I feel like I wanted him to be more like you're not alone this is totally normal and Mm -hmm. he was like yeah like good job talking to me and then he like I don't know a bunch of that I feel like is kind of a sacred experience but yeah it wasn't good or bad I don't know (laughs) all right that's fair so what like what initially sparked viewing pornography how did you lead into that I guess Okay, so I feel like I actually, I saw like a a post on Instagram and I was like, whoa, 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 this is insane. Was mm-hmm. not prepared to see that. And then it spiraled after that. Mm-hmm. But I know the like the driving factor of viewing pornography was definitely like my situation at the time. I know my mental health was really bad at the time and we were having a lot of family struggles and I was feeling more alone than ever, even though I was, like, surrounded by people all the time. But Had you ever heard of, like, before you went to go see the bishop, 
had you ever heard of a girl struggling with pornography? Or did you even know that there were resources available? Absolutely not. Like, I literally thought I was like, I don't even know the word, like a mystery. I was like, whoa, how am I struggling with this? I think I'm a teenage girl. Yeah, I get that. I felt the same way. It sucks so bad. Yeah. It would have been so yeah. good to know that, like, we. I mean, we were probably both going through it. Yeah, at I know, the same like, time. I actually remember. So I know my mental health was really bad at the time. And you actually talked to my middle school counselor because you were worried about me. Wait, and I, so like, vaguely we remember were, that. We were definitely oh, I was going such a through this at the same time. No, because it was... It, I mean, like, I definitely lied to him, and I told him, I was like, oh, yeah, everything is so fine. I'm doing well. But I think it helped me in the long run to, like, notice that people did care about me. So mm. that was good. That's good. I'm glad. I, like, I actually, that's weird that you bring that up because I don't know why, but I thought of that the other day. And I was like, oh, I remember, really? like, I, re- I remember it was weird. I, like, went in, and he was like, is this an open door conversation or a closed door? And I was like, oh, I was like, probably closed door. Like, I don't oh, know. Anyway. Yeah, it was, it was a rough point in my life, but. Yeah. Well, man, that's cool. That, I mean, it was kind of like inspired. Mm-hmm. Okay. My next question. I'm curious, what are your feelings before, during, and after viewing pornography? Okay. So, before I would view pornography, it felt more like, I felt sneaky. I, like, I felt very sneaky about it. Like, I knew I wasn't doing something right, but the feeling I knew I would get was going to be worth it, I guess. Hmm. So that was, that was before. And, and then during, sorry. Were you, were you like, would you say you're like conscious or like all there, I guess? Like, what, what does that look like? Like before? No, so that actually leads into my next one is during, I felt completely numb. I don't feel like I could tell you one single experience because all of it is just numb. I didn't have a ton of emotions and I was just like going with the flow. Even if I didn't necessarily want to view porn, I was like, I'm here already. Like, I'm just going with it. Yeah, like you're kind of not in control. And it like yeah. that is controlling you. I have felt I felt the same way. And I remember like towards when I started like getting help, but like right before, I remember there would be times like you have that routine of like you go I don't know where it was for you, but like I go like lock the bathroom door or whatever. Like <laughs> you have that routine, you know. And it's like okay, well, as soon as I go in and lock that bathroom do- door, actually like before, like it's kind of decided that like that's that's what's gonna happen and I remember there was one time I was like locking the bathroom door and so I was like looking away from my phone you know and I had like this moment of consciousness of like I don't even want to be doing this and like and like it was weird because I had never had that before but then I mean that time it was just like no like suck back sucked back in but having that moment of consciousness was huge to actually make me realize wait I want this out of my life and I know that there's so Mm -hmm. much so many better things on the other side so anyway that was your back to your like before during and after so I think you were at during and then we're going into after 
Yeah, so during, along with what you just said, like, it's it's kind of a scary feeling, too, to just be completely out of control. You're not deciding whether you want to do it or not. You're just going with it. Yeah. yeah scary feeling. And then after, I think I felt relieved that it was, that it was over. Like, I was like, okay, I successfully, I did what I was planning to do. And that was definitely, like towards the beginning of my story and then towards the end after was very like oh my gosh I'm the worst person in the world no one is more broken than me I don't know wait so I just remember feeling sorry sorry I'm just like clarifying did you say like at the beginning of when you started viewing pornography like in general you would feel the feelings of like okay well I did that and then it slowly shifted into more shame is that what you're saying yeah For just like just towards the beginning, so like around the age I was 13 when it first started, I had the feelings of like, yes, I got that over with. That's what I came here to do. Like, my task is complete. And then as I progress more towards like my age now, maybe even a little bit younger, it's definitely evolved into more shame. And I know what I was doing was wrong, but it felt worth it. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. So do you have anything else to add on like the afterwards part? Oh, yeah. Okay. And then after, I also, I know I was really irritable and like shut off. So I know Mm -hmm. after it happened, I feel like my family members could ask me any sort of question. And I, I just felt snappy. And if I was shut off, I felt like I was just observing life. I wasn't actually living life. I was just an after fact I was just living (laughs) yeah that's like just super out of it and like don't feel like yeah I get it yeah (laughs) I get that feeling so you talk about how your your mindset afterwards at the beginning it was like okay came and did what I came here to do like task is accomplished task is finished you know and it was more of like I'm not trying to put words in your mouth, but more of a neutral type of thing. And then it slowly progressed into more of a negative and shame-filled thing. And so why why do you think that that happened? And and what was the time period that that shift happened? Because that's, that's super interesting to me because I don't know. I don't think I've like heard it like that before. Yeah, okay. So I think it definitely turned into a more like, shame thing as I grew in the gospel more because I feel like before it was like "Mm, I'm not that strong in the gospel anyways it doesn't really matter Hmm. and then as I grew in the gospel more I'm like oh crap this like isn't a good thing but I was like I'm I'm too far in now there's no way that I can be saved at this stage Hmm. and the timeline when that happened I don't know that was probably 17 ish okay And then it just progressively got more, like, shameful, and this needs to end. This needs to be done. Gotcha. So, I mean, obviously, like, we're both still in our, like, our stories don't just end as soon as we do this podcast, you know? Yeah. But where are you at now? And what what's your view on that? And how how do you approach trials like that like are you more graceful towards yourself are you putting more shame on yourself what does that look like now I think I am more graceful with myself but that hasn't started until like 
I think when I started talking to you, honestly, mm-hmm. because to understand that other people are going through it made me feel like my my emotions aren't one of a kind. Other people feel this shame too. Mm-hmm. So now I definitely give myself more grace. And if the, a temptation does come up, I have other ways to somewhat distract myself. Mm-hmm. Like yesterday, I felt like Satan was working real hard on me. And so I was like, okay, like, nope, we're not doing this. I'm not in the mood. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to go paint my nails. I'm going to mm-hmm. paint my nails and listen to t- some T-Swifty and just like, <laughs> I'm done. I got it. It's okay. That's so cool. And did it, did that work for you? Like, do you feel like that was like suppressing the temptation or it was just more like, okay, you know, here's what's happening right now. Here's what I'm going to do about it. Like, what is that like? I definitely, I think I like acknowledge the temptation. I'm like, okay, I get why I'm feeling this way, Mm -hmm. but there are other ways that I can get past this feeling, I guess. Yeah. And it definitely did work because my nails are now blue and sparkly. And I listened to an entire album, so... So, yeah, what more could you ask for? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, so how would you say that your relationship with Christ has grown and and progressed and changed over time? It definitely hasn't been, like, a a linear progress. I've definitely had up and downs. But lately, it's been going up more than it's been going down, which is a really good feeling. I was actually in the bishop's office the other day just like renewing my temple recommend whatever and I there's the question like are there any things that need to be discussed with the bishop or however he phrases it I don't remember mm-hmm. and I could confidently without shame say no and it was just it was such a good feeling of like oh my gosh I'm like I'm making it I'm I'm doing it Mm-hmm. And it was so, such a good feeling to the point that I actually, like, I called Maddie and I was, like, crying. It was, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> it was, like, the best phone call ever. Oh, that's so cool. That's so cool to see how much you've grown. Okay. All right. So we're going to go to our last two questions. So I want you to think about the position you were in when you were 13, 14, even 15, 16, 17. Maybe even now. But... If there was a young girl that was in your position and is in your position right now, and she's sitting with you right there in the passenger seat of your car, and she's just like, hey, like, I feel so alone, and I feel like I'm just disgusting and and, and made incorrectly, and there's got to be something wrong with me, and I just feel so unlovable because I'm struggling with pornography. What do you want to say to that girl? Okay, so I would definitely say, like, you're not alone. You're not disgusting. You're not odd for having these thoughts. And then I think just making sure she knew that she is valued and God doesn't make mistakes. God knew what he was doing when he made her. And God also doesn't give us trials that we can't face. Mm. There's, I think someone in my sacrament meeting said, like, God gives us the ability to go through something hard but change and evolve in the process. Mm. So it's like no matter what we're going through, he knows we can handle it and he'll be there for us regardless. Yeah, I love that. That was perfectly said. Um, Okay, last question. What keeps you on the front lines in the war against pornography? And feel free to share any scriptures or quotes that have helped you with that. 
Okay, yeah. So what keeps me on the front lines is honestly like thinking about the future. Like one of my main goals in life is to become like a mom and a wife. And I don't want porn to be the reason that none of that can happen. I don't want it to create a barrier between my husband or me and my children. And so I think that definitely helps me stay on the front lines is I want to become like a stronger member of the church in order to be a better wife. Yeah. Um, and then it also... Wait, sorry. Can I add some something to that? Yeah. I think it's just like, I, I love that viewpoint. And I think it's super important to acknowledge that, like, that viewpoint is not necessarily something that is, like, fear-based. Like, oh, man, you know, if I keep struggling with this, then my whole family and my whole life is going to be ruined. It's more mm. of it's more of a hopeful thing. It's like, man, I will get over this and I can get, like, get over this and, mm-hmm. and gather tools that, that can help me understand myself and understand why this is happening better so that I can have an amazing family and an amazing husband and be 100% there for them. And so, yeah, I just think yeah. that's that's super important to understand. So I, I love that. Sorry, continue. <laughs> no, you're good. And, and going along with that, it is hopeful because another part is like, I want to know how to best be able to help my children because it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of when they see or view pornography yep so I want to I want to be able to share with them that it's like no you're not disgusting like this is a normal a normal thing and we can get through it and I want you to be able to like be open and honest with me right and I love that and it's so good that you're able to use the experiences that you've had like I love I don't know what scripture it is but it's like all things will be for your good and I also love like, like Ether twelve twenty seven is such a classic scripture, but it's like, like your weaknesses can be made into strengths. And I've never felt such literal meaning from that than like talking to people about this. And like, yeah, it's been so cool because it's like, yeah, it's become a strength for me, but it's become a strength for other people. And that's the coolest thing ever to see. And so that's going to be huge strength for, for your kids and, and for your spouse and for whoever you share this story with. Mm-hmm. And then the the last thing, I I actually shared a talk. It's, uh, it's called The Legacy of Encouragement by Henry B. Eyring. It's in the October 2022 General Conference. I sent just a little tidbit to Maddie last night. And it says, He puts Jesus Christ first and do all who succeed in giving encouragement to those struggling upward on the path to their heavenly home. And I absolutely love the phrase struggling upward because it it's not like my struggle has ended, but I just, I struggle in different ways. And instead of struggling to bring myself lower, I'm now struggling in the sense that I'm like, yeah, I'm going to climb to the top of the ladder. I'm tired of falling. I want to evolve. I love that. That's so good. Struggling upward. Amen. Love that. <laughs> okay, well, do you have any like final thoughts or a message to share? Or- I, I don't know. I, I guess I just I love the question of like what you would say to a young girl. Because when when I first stumbled upon like you sharing your experiences, I have never felt more seen in my life. I was like, oh my gosh, I'm not completely alone. There is another person that's like living the same reality as me. 
So if another like girl even younger than myself were to see this, I just I would love for them to know that they are they're not broken beyond repair. You're never broken beyond repair. I love it. Amen. Well, awesome. Thank you so much for joining me, Savannah. It was a blast. It was a blast. And we got to hang out soon. And yeah. So, yeah, thank you everyone for listening. That is, I don't know how to end podcasts, but that's the end of our episode. Okay, bye.